Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on the province's corn and sunflower crops. Up first in today's country comment, we'll chat with the president of Manitoba Beef Producers. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is the president of Manitoba Beef Producers, Tyler Fulton. It's terrible out there. Um, Right across the southern portion of the province, we're seeing um, uh, drought conditions, um, crops that are burning up, and and, uh, pastures that have, well, that are simply not producing anything. And it continues to deteriorate. So we're we're definitely at a at a critical point right now. Are we seeing a lot of cattle being sold off? Or we're we're definitely starting to see. There's been elevated levels for the last few weeks. Um, guys taking preemptive action, um, but we do know that uh, several of the auctions are are adding sales that they wouldn't typically. Um, so we've got Ashern, Gladstone. Um, Verdon, all of those I know uh, have added sales and are are busy. Um, so yeah, we're already seeing that you know we're already seeing some destocking um, to reflect the fact that uh, the, the pastures cannot support the the herd that we currently have. Are there other resources or programs that uh, that producers are taking advantage of, or? At least a month ago, the province announced uh, a water program uh, to help address the need for livestock watering on pastures, um, and so that that's helpful. That that will help if you're successful um, in your application. You would be eligible for a 50/50 cost share on a project um, that uh, you know that you could use to drill new wells or um, set up fence around riparian areas. Um, it, just to protect and preserve the water for that little bit longer. Um, also running in pipelines. So there's a number of different things that would be available there. Right now, um, what we are, are really focused on is trying to, to um, I guess, get connections with crop producers, getting, um, getting Manitoba, crop and, um, Manitoba Ag Services Corporation involved um, to promote the idea of uh, converting crop cereal crops in particular that are burning up under the sun to uh, to green feed um, to an alternate use, and so what that would mean is a producer would contact their crop insurance adjuster, get it estimated as to what the actual yield um, would be projected at if they did take it for harvest. And if it doesn't make sense, you know, from a from a combining standpoint, um, then then to be able to contact a livestock producer or bail it themselves, um, so that we can actually salvage some of the value that's out there. Um, I think right now that's the most critical thing, just to try to you know produce as much feed as we possibly can, just to uh, to at least try to mitigate some of the effects of of the drought. How will this year compare to to other years? Um, you know, in terms of of just the lack of of moisture. Well, it's easily the worst I've seen it. Um, now I've, you know, I I think you can probably go back to the '80s and get some similar, you know, some similar scenarios. 
and we know how bad the 80s were. Um, it, it, it really uh, took its toll on, uh, in particular, in the cattle industry. Um, and so I think we're in a very similar situation right now where uh, we, we really need to take as, you know, as much action and, and, um, and, and secure as much feed as we possibly can in order to try to mitigate things. It's, it's really uh, taking a, a toll, a mental toll, out in the countryside as well. You can imagine um, producers that are working on uh, second, third, fourth generation farms uh, that are struggling to maintain their animals. It, it really is um, it's, it's threatening their viability, and, uh, and you can imagine how that, you know, how that would feel when, when generations ahead of you had, had farmed it. So it's, it's a really tough situation we're in. Will it have implications in the years to come as well? or Yeah, that's yeah. the biggest thing really is the, the long-term consequences of, you know, of the drought. Um, what, you know, what we're likely going to be seeing here is, is fairly significant drawdown of the herd, the breeding stock here in Manitoba, which simply undermines the productive, you know, productive capacity of, of the beef sector. Um, and so uh, Manitoba Beef Producers is working on developing, a, you know, the asks that would hopefully help address that issue. Um, it's, there's, there's no silver bullet here, um, but we've got a couple of ideas and, and uh, things that we're working on to, to hopefully get this addressed. But um, the problem is so widespread that, uh, that it's a, a really big, you know, it's, it's, it's not about probably moving feed from one place to another, just simply because it's not economically feasible to, to do that. That was Tyler Fulton, president of Manitoba Beef Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. A familiar face is back as Manitoba's agriculture minister. During a cabinet shuffle today, Premier Brian Pallister named Lakeside MLA Ralph Eichler as the province's new agriculture minister. Eichler previously served as ag minister from 2016 to 2019. Midland MLA Blaine Peterson, who held the job since 2019, has announced his retirement from cabinet. Also of note, Morden Winkler MLA Cameron Friesen retains his post as justice minister and attorney general. Later season crops are at a critical stage, and Kirk with Manitoba Agriculture talked about the need for rain. Crop water needs are definitely the highest when a crop is flowering. So, you know, for corn, sunflowers, soybeans, they're still in that stage where they haven't quite reached flowering yet. So some moisture would be definitely needed in those crops. It's a busy time for a livestock auction mart. Harold Unrise, manager of Grunthal Livestock Auction Mart. We're starting to see more cattle rolling through the ring here, all because of drought, of course. The further north you go, the worse the drought is. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do here with their cattle because they're running out of pasture. And we actually had some cattle in here from up at Fisher Branch because they are out of grass. Locally here, you know, if we get a rain here this week or beginning of next week, I think our producers will kind of be okay, at least most of them. But if we don't get a rain for the next week or two, they're going to be out of pasture. And the hay is really in short supply. Unruh says normally throughout the summer they see about 100 head a week. This year that number is around 300. And the Saskatchewan government is moving to help producers whose crops and livestock are being affected by drought. 
Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the livestock sector is facing tremendous challenges sourcing feed and securing access to sustainable quality water for livestock. He says Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation coverage will not be negatively effective if producers choose to divert grain crops to feed. Saskatchewan is also making changes to temporarily increase the maximum funding a livestock producer can receive for dugouts, wells and water pipelines. Alberta Agriculture Minister Devin Dreeshen says he will urge the federal government to recognize the hardships faced by producers and push for an agri-recovery initiative. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, July 15th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a crop update from Manitoba. Joining us now is Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance to give us an update on the corn crop. It's looking okay. It's not looking bad per se. It's behind um, what we're normally at at this item at this week in July. We're usually probably tasseling quite like like um, consecutively, I guess. Um, and a lot of fields aren't quite at that stage. They're still. Um, well into their vegetative stages. So um, we're looking at that because of the drought, even though this, um, so heat and heat and dry conditions should actually sometimes speed up, um, speed up growth of a plant, but it seems to be lagging behind this year, which could have been a slow start too. So um, looking at that, and then obviously some drought um, symptoms with curling leaves and, and whatnot that, are, I think they're still the plants still seem to be okay because they're unfurling at night, so that means that they're not completely droughted and running out of water, uh, so they're just protecting themselves during the day in the in the heat. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of going to be a waiting game over the next week or two to see what happens with with soaking and pollination. What about sunflowers? Sunflowers are still keeping up pretty good. They they do well in drought. Um, I haven't visited any fields that have been struggling, and I haven't had any calls, but that doesn't certainly mean that there, there aren't any out there. But because they have such a deep root, um, they, they navigate for water very well and have a, a good method of using and conserving. But, I, yeah, they're flowering now, so it, that's also going to be a waiting game. I've never, and a lot of us have never dealt with drought like this before, so um, it's, it's a big learning curve. How important is it to get some some rain here? I guess towards the end of uh, you know the the growing uh, period, you know, as we get later into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, with corn, this is um, it's detrimental. Like it, corn uses the most um, water right now at the end of vegetation uh, vegetative stages. So when you're tasseling and into pollination, it means it uses the most water. So if if we could get some really big rains that are um, easy on the crop and easy to absorb, that would be a perfect case scenario. Um, and obviously a little bit cooler weather too. We don't want smoking hot. So with everything, I mean, when you're, when you're getting into the, that pollination stage, we need water. Any, uh, <laughs> any um, insect uh, issues or, or disease? You know, grasshoppers are probably the biggest insect of concern for the crops that I'm dealing with, with um, corn, sunflower and flax. Um, and I'm, thinking that everybody's probably dealing with the same thing because it's so dry and they're, I, I guess they're hungry. So, yeah, grasshoppers will feed on all crops that that I'm working with. So, 
Um, Ligus bugs are starting to show up, um, so that's something to keep an eye on with sunflowers, um, especially if, with confects. So if they're around, just kind of keep your eye on them and, and make sure they don't get out of hand. Um, and then we're, we're starting to look for some European corn borer and whatnot with, with corn, even though it's not a big plant anymore with all the BT varieties, but that's what we're kind of dealing with now. Otherwise, it's not been too hectic a year for insects. You mentioned uh, flax there. Uh, we've been seeing some, some fields blooming. Um, how, how is the flax uh, crop looking? It depends where you are. Some fields are looking actually quite nice. They're, they're not branching out too, too much, I think, because of this weather. Um, but generally, stands are, are, they did well this, this spring. Um, they didn't struggle as much as the row crops that I have to deal with. So that's a, that's a great thing. And of course, I'm still learning about flax. So um, what I know isn't super vast, but uh, generally for a, a plant that is hard to grow and keep, <laughs> keep growing and keep healthy, it, it's actually looking quite good and disease doesn't seem to be an issue that I've seen, but um, if there is disease I'd, disease, I'd definitely like to know about it. That was Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Continuing on today's Prairie Egg Wire, we take a closer look at a growing trend in the agriculture sector. Cover crops have become increasingly used over the last decade. On Tuesday, Golden West David Zamet was able to catch up with Imperial Seeds' Avery Shepherd at the Thanks for Farming tour in Swift Current. What are the advantages for cover crops? Uh, the big advantage is, like I said, that other tool in the toolbox for a farmer. It allows you to keep your, your soil covered uh, after harvest, which will help feed the soil biology, help break up compaction, help with water infiltration. Uh, some people worry about it using water, but if you're building a bigger bucket to store the water, that's kind of a non-issue. It's a mute point. Uh, you can feed livestock a higher plane of nutrition, uh, fix nitrogen for your soil, make your nitrogen use efficiency a lot higher, a lot of things like that. Now, you've been using cover crops for seven years now. I guess, what advantages have you seen? I know you obviously spoke on a few there, but what have you seen just in the growth and in that time? Uh, within my soil, I have a very depleted soil. It was 2 to 3% organic matter. And in the past seven years, I brought my organic matter up to over 6% on some of my land. I've seen gains some years as high as 1% per year. Uh, so I'm storing a lot more water in my soil. I'm getting the rain into my soil now. I've had sloughs dry up during heavy down, downpours. I, my sloughs don't fill up like they used to. Um, and then I'm growing mainly forage crops for my bison on my farm. So I'm seeing healthier animals, great gains on my calves and, and lower inputs. You're finding a better water retention though within the soil as well? I am, yeah. Actually, just before I came out here, I had seeded some perennials on a field and it was plus 38 degrees and I was able to move some cover back and find moisture under that soil where I'd go to a bear spot a few feet over and there was no moisture at all in them spots. So it's really made me more resilient. I'm, my crops are, they're heat stressed, but they're not as drought stressed as my neighbor's crops that aren't doing these things. Now, if somebody wants to get into this, how would they go about that and, and what do you advise them to start with? Uh, I would advise on studying the subject as much as you can, trying to talk to as many neighbours or peers or people from far away and see how their context fits within your farm. Uh, it's a very intimidating subject or a very intimidating tool to get into using. But once you get into using it, you'll meet a lot of people that are very, very uh, giving with all their knowledge and everybody seems to be willing to help each other within this realm of agriculture. Now, I know you farm just near Lloyd. I guess what have the conditions been like up there this year so far? 
Uh, we're under four inches of rain for the year right at the farm at home. Uh, I don't think last year we were probably over 12 and that's definitely well below average. Normally we're eight or more I would guess for this time of year. So dry extreme heat and things are suffering. It's kind of a drought everywhere I've been traveling lately but it, it makes me feel better knowing that I have a more resilient system that if we do catch a half inch downpour that I'm going to actually get a half inch of rain in my soil. Yeah, does it make you sleep better at night knowing that it is going to retain and you are going to get the benefits out of the rain, whereas it's not just going to wash away and kind of go into the, the ditches or whatever? Exactly, yeah. It makes me feel a lot better. If, if, a, if a big rain comes along and, and downpours, I know I'm going to catch that rain and be able to use it. Uh, for instance, when I first got into this, I had a two and a half inch rain in just over an hour. And I went to a field that I'd been working on for a while and just about all of that water went in. I had a little bit of puddling in my sloughs. I drove a quarter mile to a field that I just started working on and my sloughs were full and the water was still running down the, the, the hillsides. So it, it was just depressing to look at that field knowing that it was going to be droughted out in just a matter of a short period of time. Yeah, that's dramatic and even just, like you said, the first year. So imagine year yeah. 7 or year 10 when you're into yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was a couple years into it, but it, it happens really fast. That was Golden West David Zamet speaking with Avery Shepherd with Imperial Seed. This week's Thanks for Farming Tour in Swift Current. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of David Zamet, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Semitol Association has moved its annual general meeting to an online setting July 24th. Visit their website for viewing information. And Keystone Agricultural Producers Summer Advisory Council meeting will take place via Zoom July 28th at 9 a.m. Go to the CAP website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, it's a busy time for livestock auction marts. I caught up with Harold Unra, manager of Grunthal Livestock Auction Marts. We're starting to see more cattle rolling through the ring here, all because of drought, of course. The further north you go, the worse the drought is. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do here with their cattle because they're running out of pasture. And we actually had some cattle in here from up at Fisher Branch because they are out of grass. Locally here, you know, if we get a rain here this week or beginning of next week, I think our producers will kind of be okay, at least most of them. But if we don't get a rain for the next week or two, uh, they're going to be out of pasture. And the hay is really in short supply. I guess talk about your, your schedule. Um, you know, how, how many sales are you holding here a, a week? We are still open every Tuesday for our cattle sales. The only week we're closed is the week of August long. Other than that, we're open for sales every week. I guess just compare this year to, to other years, um, just as far as some of the numbers there that you're seeing. Well, generally throughout the summer, we see about 100 net a week, and now we're seeing 300. So we're seeing quite a few more than normal. For this time of year. That was Harold Unra with Grunthal Livestock Auction Mart. Reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Alan Monroe, owner of Killarney Auction Mart. What are producers saying? How bad is it? Uh, the hay crops, you know, I've had some guys have been very fortunate and they have, you know, close to half of last year, but, but a lot of guys are looking at 15 to 25% of a hay crop they had last year. Uh, you know, these pastures are, are burning up. Uh, you know, some some rain would certainly help some things, but uh, you know, there. I talked to one gentleman yesterday. He's he was planning on combining all of his oats and and uh, barley. Uh, the choppers are pulling in next week. Uh, they're going to 
salvage what they can for silage before it uh, burns up and, and they really don't have anything. A lot of areas starting to see some grasshoppers that they haven't seen that in years. And uh, it's been really concerning all spring, and it's, it's desperate now. It's, I don't know. It's, there's people that are eating the grazing the hay crops off uh, to get ahead of the grasshoppers, and that's certainly not going to help them out as far as uh, a winter feed supply. And while the cattle might be coming through the sales ring, uh, what are you hearing from buyers? Are they ready to get back uh, back to the ring as well, get buying? There's there's always homes for them. Uh, you know, the, the futures market has, has been positive. Uh, you know, there haven't been a lot of big numbers of cattle going. So uh, right now it looks positive, but we'll... Time will tell. That was Alan Monroe, owner of Killarney Auction Mart, chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Livestock auction marts are seeing more cattle rolling through the ring due to drought conditions. Harold Unra is manager of Grunthal Livestock Auction Mart. Generally, throughout the summer, we see about 100 head a week, and now we're seeing 300. So we're seeing quite a few more than normal for this time of year. Unruh says the situation seems to be worse further north. A familiar face is back as Manitoba's agriculture minister. During a cabinet shuffle today, Premier Brian Pallister named Lakeside MLA Ralph Eichler as the new agriculture minister. Eichler previously held the position from 2016 to 2019. Midland MLA Blaine Peterson, who has been ag minister since 2019, has announced his retirement from cabinet. Also of note, Morden Winkler MLA Cameron Friesen, retains his post as Justice Minister and Attorney General. And this week's crop report painted a grim picture for Manitoba crops, and Kirk talked about the impact of the heat. It does make the crops mature faster than normal, have, you know, a shorter flowering time for any plants that are flowering at this time. You know, in the past week, we have seen canola moving along the growth stages and in most areas having a shorter flowering time than normal. We'd say similar with flax. The cereals have typically finished flowering, but the hot conditions does make that flowering period shorter as well. Kirk says later season crops are at a critical stage in terms of moisture needs. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the grasshopper situation. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.